Praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Oh, the Lord is so wonderful. You know, one of the things I often do is I try to diffuse some of the hype that people always throw upon me. You know, I, I feel so awkward sometimes. And I mean this from all of my heart. I go places to preach and people say all these things. I'm thinking, you guys just don't know the grace of God. You know, I mean, underneath of all this, ain't nothing but old nasty sinner like everybody else. But grace has really blessed me. And I'm so thankful for all that God has done for my wife Barbara and I over the years of serving him. And just a testimony, if you would just be faithful and do right... You know, I mean, it just, just be faithful. That means start with it and stay with it. And there's always going to be things come along, but just stay with it. Quitters get nowhere in this life. That's why we talk about faithfulness being so important. You know, when you meet people that are 50, 60, 70 years old, and they just quit this, quit that, quit that, and they're old and sitting around and they've never accomplished nothing because they wouldn't be faithful. If you would just be faithful and then do right. What does it do right? Say live right. Nobody don't have to be a thief. Come on. You don't have to cheat on husband and wife. You don't have to be old, dirty sinner. Just do right. And grace will help us. And I've watched the recipients of this little formula in life. Just be faithful and do right. And I've watched people who are nobodies do great things for God. And so I asked you today that if you will take anything from the, the, the good things people say about me, and I do appreciate it, but you know, I, sometimes I just have to say, God, you know, is it me they're really talking about? When they say, Pastor Carnegie, this, and I just say, God, only you know where we would all be but for the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, my pastor said it to me years ago when I was a convert. Be faithful, Marty. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. And then once you get the faithful thing, he said, now live right. Live right. Live right. And you know what? It doesn't take much for God to inject us with this wonderful grace. So that's all I can say to you today. Let God's word be a blessing to you. But listen, I'm enjoying being here with you. and We're having a wonderful week in the Lord. So God is good. So I want you to open your Bible tonight. We're going to go to the book of 1 Timothy. Actually, you know, it is 2 Timothy is the scripture I'm going to read. 2 Timothy, chapter number 4, and I'm going to read the first five verses there. Ain't it good to be in the house of God? Yeah, yeah it is. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy, chapter number 4, and I'm going to read the first five verses. Hallelujah. Now, I have the words to a song here tonight. I copied them off my computer so that I could bring them tonight, and I wanted to read some of these lyrics to you before I shared my message. How many of you have ever heard that song by the Temptations called Just My Imagination? Y'all know that song? You know, it's a classic, isn't it? Do you know that song was originally written and produced and was a hit in 1971. Some of you weren't even born. Matter of fact, I bet you most of you 
were not even born. 1971. Do the math. How many years ago was that? Quick, somebody. 36? Is that right? I don't want to tell lies now. 36. You sure, Tosin? Don't be telling me no untruth now. Is that 36 years? <laughs> now listen. Imagine a song being a hit all those years and you can turn it on the radio here in London in 2007 and you can still hear it being played and people singing along. It was just my imagination. Right? Now, I ain't got too much of a singing voice. I don't want y'all to laugh at me. But I can almost guarantee you that most of you here were probably just like me when I used to sing that song back in the late 70s, just before I became a Christian. And I used to sing it, you know, we'd be dancing and flowing and we'd be smoking weed and we'd be singing, just my imagination. <laughs> oh yeah, Carnegie had a little sin in him back in them days. But you know what? It wasn't until just two years ago that I actually stopped for the first time and listened to the whole song, what they were saying. And man, what a shock I have. Because you know, most people don't even listen to what they're dancing about. It's true. I mean, most if you, if you stop and listen to what you're dancing about, some of you will stop dancing. And some of the foolishness that you have playing on your radio in the car at home when these rappers and DJs and so, if you just stop and listen to what they're saying. Your mama's a idiot, your mama's a idiot. You know, if you just stop and listen to what they're saying. See, but most people, listen, they get so caught up, they're not even paying attention to what they're dancing to. So I want to read a bit of it to you and use it just before I read this text. Listen to what it says. Each day through my window, I watch her as she passes by. Now just put yourself in the window. And I, I want you to, I'm, come, I want y'all, I'm going to bring you into this now because we're going to deal with something here tonight. Now just want, I want you to put yourself there. Each day through my window, I watch her as she passes by. Now imagine, he's in the top floor of his flat watching some young lady go to work every day. I say to myself, you're such a lucky guy to have a girl like her. Is truly a dream come true. Out of all the fellows in the world, she belongs to you. See, he's a madman. <laughs> now, 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 see, some of you never thought about it because, like I said, most people don't think about what they're singing to. But listen, the man is sitting in his window watching a strange woman pass by. And then he starts saying to himself, boy, you're lucky to have a girl like that. It's like a dream come true. The man don't even know her. 
He's never spoken to her, don't know her name. He don't know if she's a hooker. He don't know if she's a drug dealer. He don't know if she's an axe murderer. But he's looking at the window saying, to have a girl like her is a dream come true. Out of all the fellows in the world, she's my woman. And then the next thing he sings is this. But it was just my imagination. <laughs> now, now, I want you to follow what's happening because this is of utmost importance. The story is about a man wrestling with himself. There's this girl walking by, so he now is dating her. He has, she's in love with him. He's feeling lucky that it's his girl, and he's enjoying this dream. Oh, man, she's my woman. She don't want nobody but me. I'm so lucky. And then he catches himself. But it was just my imagination. Do you see what's happening? He's trying to recover his own insanity. He's dreaming. He's fantasizing. He's got this illusion going and he's living in it like it's real. And then he's got to come back to reality and grab himself. And it was just my imagination running away with me now listen to the rest of the song <laughs> soon we'll be married and raise a family and you know what it's in the background oh yeah A cozy little home in the country. Two children, maybe. How much? Tree. I tell you, I can visualize it all. This couldn't be a dream, madman. Cause too real. It all seems. Now listen to what he's done now. Now he's got himself married to her. A home in the country. Two or three children. And then he said this can be a dream because it's too real. And as he slips back into this fantasy. Then he catches himself again. But it was just my imagination. Y'all can see that. Now, the last little piece, let me tell you this before I read my text. Now, listen, the last little piece says, Every night on my knees I pray. He done brought Jesus into it now. See, see y'all will never see the song again after tonight. Man, praying every night. That's what you call faithful right there. Every night on my knees I pray. Dear Lord, hear my plea. Don't ever let another take her love from me. 
or I will surely die. He's going to kill himself. Listen, her love is heavenly. When her arms enfold me, I hear a tender rhapsody. But in reality, what? She doesn't even know me. Now, ain't that some of the most madness you ever heard in your life? But people have been singing it for 36 years. Just my imagination. I don't even know what they're saying. Now, I'm going to tell you why I read this. Because this is not a Christian man. This is the temptations. And I believe that the singer was Eddie Kendricks or David Ruffin, one of the lead singers of the temptations. Who are they're, they're dead now but the thing is that song hit a chord and it became such a hit that it dethroned all the hits in 1971 went to the top of the charts and has been a hit ever since then until now because the whole world can relate to being caught in a fantasy I'll show you something that the Bible says out of Proverbs chapter 12. The scripture is verse number 11. And you know, I'll just read it to you. You can mark it and read it later. But the New King James Version of the Bible says this. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. But he who follows frivolity, which is the word in the Hebrew fantasy, is devoid of understanding. The old King James, I was just checking Pastor Ajala's Bible earlier, the word vain is the same word as says people of vanity or people who do things out of illusion. It says these people are void of understanding. One scripture literally says, but he who follows fantasy. So we have three very clear translation of one Hebrew word, which is frivolity, fantasy, and vain illusion. Listen to what the Bible says. If you follow fantasy, you are devoid of understanding. Now, doesn't that tell us tonight, before I say anything about 1 Timothy, that one of the things that people who love God must do is they must get real with it. Come on, I need you to say amen. In other words, people who believe in God cannot be fantasy dreamers. Because part of the very nature of Christianity is that God is real. Hallelujah. That heaven is real. Jesus is real. Hell is real. And sometimes real things can scare people. And instead of facing reality, people would rather sit in the top flat window and daydream she's my woman she's my girl two kids three kids married oh lord she loved me and then you have to wrestle yourself back to sanity it's just my imagination well i'm here to tell you today the world that we live in will tell you to stay in fantasy land 
You never have to come back to reality. And I'm watching a whole generation of people be lost because they're trapped in fantasy land. Well, not after tonight. Because the purpose of my message tonight is to open up the escape hatch so that we can run. You know what I call my message? Escape from fantasy land. I want you to read 2 Timothy. We're in chapter number 4. And I'm going to read the first five verses. I hope everybody's come here to be blessed of God's word. Say, Father, speak to us. Speak to this generation. Help us. Whatever it takes that we can serve God well. So 2 Timothy chapter 4. Start reading in very, the very first verse. Is everybody there? All right. Here's what the Bible says. I charge you. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Now notice these next lines, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Verse 4 says, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. That is a tragic statement. Some of you haven't even caught on to what God is saying. He said they will turn their ears away from the truth. If you turn from the truth, you can't be saved. Continue to read verse 4. It says, and be turned aside to fables. Verse 5 says, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Now, I want to talk to you about escaping from fantasy land tonight. And I'm so inspired by this because I do lots of traveling throughout the world on different continents, not just North America. Or South America or the Caribbean or Europe or Asia, Africa, all the places I've gone. And I'm going to tell you one common thread that I have seen and witnessed all around the world in our day that you and I are living in is people who can't get themselves out of fantasy. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I thank you. That your grace is here in this service tonight. I thank you that you love your church. That you love every person here tonight. And I ask you this evening God as you have each night. To grace us with understanding in the word of God. Let these scriptures come alive with revelation. That they would help us 
that they would encourage us, oh God, that they would convict us, and that they would help us to serve you well. Thank you for all that you're about to do tonight. We receive it already in faith. Thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Would everybody give me an amen? amen. So the first thing I want to do tonight is I want to address the direct message that God, through the apostle, is giving to Timothy. Right? So in other words, we want to set a context before preachers do what they do and go off and start trying to drill the message into you. Let's bring the context. The context of our scripture tonight. Now look at me everybody. The context is the coming of Jesus. Jesus Christ is coming again. There is no redemption if there is no second coming of Christ. If you struggle with the teaching of the rapture, if you've been so caught up with Hollywood talking about the second coming and doomsday and all these movies and novels that people put out to try to mock the second coming of Christ. I remember when Michael Jordan, the great American basketball player, came back to the NBA across the headlines of the USA Today where they put the second coming. Well, Michael Jordan ain't Jesus. But you see, they do stuff like this to try to mock and belittle the greatest message of the church. And that is, prepare to meet God, Jesus is coming again. And so anything that Hollywood in the world can do to take away the urgency of your own repentance, because one day God is going to break through those clouds, hallelujah. And that is the day that our redemption is going to be sealed. Your redemption was not sealed the day you answered an altar call. You still got to live in this world. You still got to fight devils and demons. Come on. You still got to survive and endure. You still got to keep your heart right. You got to stay away from backsliding. It wasn't secure then. That's the day you stepped in the door. I'll tell you when it's secure. When the Bible says Gabriel blows that trumpet. Hallelujah. And the Bible said the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we that are left alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I can't wait till he calls my name. That is gospel preaching. Is that Jesus is coming. Your clothes won't matter. Your real estate won't matter. All them little degrees behind your name and your, what you did in university ain't going to matter. How beautiful or how ugly you are ain't going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter is are you right with Jesus? That's why the most important issue tonight is not... How much money are you going to make this week in your paycheck? But God, can I get right with you tonight? Hallelujah. You know why? Because he could come before this sermon is done. He could come before tomorrow night. He could come before Friday. The coming of Christ is imminent, folks. And I want to tell you that the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy. And he says, in the light of the coming of Jesus... I want to share something with you. And he begins to drill this message to this apostle. Now I want to show you what he says again. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He tells him, Timothy, verse 2. Preach the word. Hallelujah. He didn't say preach ideas. He said preach the word. 
He didn't say preach philosophy. He said preach the word. When you stand on a street corner and you stand up in a revival or a crusade, he said preach the word. Don't get up there and tell people what you like and what you don't like. He said preach the word. Now keep looking. He says, be ready in season out of season. Then the little line says, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. He said, because a time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. He said, there's a danger coming on the earth where people will spit in the face of Bible doctrine. When the preacher used to say, Jesus was born of a virgin, and everybody would say, amen. Come here, he said. But you know, that's not what they're saying now. Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, how can virgin have baby? That's what they're saying today. And then all those high churchmen get together in their little groups and their little synods. You know, Catholic Church, the Church of England, Methodist, Baptist, and these high crazy Pentecostals and Charismatics. And they get together and they start discussing scripture. Well, I don't think that could really be. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Not bodily. That's some kind of spiritual metaphor. What did it mean? And the Bible said the day is coming that they will not endure sound doctrine. I'm here to tell you that day is not coming. That day is here. So the apostle is giving us a prophecy. And he's talking about a condition upon the earth. That would be existent at the time of the coming of Jesus Christ. Now continue to watch what he says. In verse 4, this is where my message comes from. Take a look at it, everybody. Keep your eyes there. Come on, we're in 2 Timothy 4, verse 4. He says, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. Good Lord. That means people are going to be abandoned in churches because the church telling too much truth. You know, Pastor Alvin Smith and I have a term for it. We call it the naked truth. And Alvin always tell me truth, running around town with no clothes on. <laughs> Naked truth. I mean raw truth. Where you stand up and you say a liar is a liar. You say an adulterer is an adulterer. You stand up and say it. A homosexual is a homosexual. And you stand up and talk truth. And all of a sudden, the Bible said they're going to turn their ears from the truth and go find somebody to tickle their ears and tell them what you want to hear. And the Bible said, the day is coming, saints, and I'm here to tell you, the day is coming, and the day is here. When people are leave a family that they've been faithful to for 15, 20, 30 years, because somebody get up and tell naked truth. Can't handle it too hot. Got to run out and find a compromising church that'll tickle your ears. Oh, that's your baby father, or oh, the two of you can live together. It's all right. Lie! Oh, you, 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 you're married to this woman. Yeah, uh, we, we did a traditional something back home. Well, well, we're here in England. We don't receive that. Well, well, we did it back home. Lie! And somebody stand up and tell truth and people run out, fly out and go find some here to tell you the day is here. And the apostle is prophesying. He said, you're going to see it in the last days because Satan is going to make it so. Does everybody hear me all right? It's a serious thing I'm talking about tonight. Now keep reading in verse 4. He said they will turn their ears away from the truth and will be turned aside to fables. Do you see the word? 
fables. Now, most of you here today know the English word fable is like a make-believe story. Or we say, like a children's tale. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, or Little Red Riding Hood, or the Three Little Pigs, or we say those are children's fables. And to us, that's just a funny little story, Pastor Carnegie, that have a little lesson that's not so bad. Well, in our scripture, God says bad. Hey, don't try to mm, say amen. See, if you're going to say it, then say it. Don't nothing make me more vexed when somebody's spirit wants to say amen and your flesh stop you. Because you're not really sure if it's so. If the Bible says so, it's so. God said they're going to turn from truth from fables. Now, it doesn't matter who's been teaching you or what grandmama and auntie Sue been saying. If the Bible says so, it's so. God said they're going to turn from truth to fables. Now, we are familiar with the English term for fables, like I just explained to you. But I'll tell you what we're not concern, concerned with. Is the Greek word that is translated fables in this scripture. I'm going to tell you what that word is. It is the word muthos. It is spelled M-U-T-H-U-S. The Greek word muthos. And I'm going to tell you what that word means. It means dumb or uh, the, 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 the better word would, would, would be illegitimate fiction. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Any pastor in here who has a, a Vines Greek dictionary, you can go look it up for yourself. You'll see the word muthos and you'll see the word fiction that is illegitimate or dumb or stupid. Stupid fiction. And so basically what God is saying is there's coming a time before the Lord Jesus comes. This is going to characterize the entire generation where people are going to turn from the truth run into places that will tickle their ears with their desires and they will be consumed with muthos, fiction, illegitimate fables, fantasy, things that are not even real. Hmm. Just like this man sitting in the window of his flat looking out at this woman walked by, it's my girlfriend, she loved me, I'm lucky, two children, house in the country, her love is heavenly. When I put my arms around her, this man has lost his mind. But the one thing I have to say about the temptations is at least in the song, the man is fighting himself because he realizes it's just my imagination. Well, the problem with church folks is they don't know it's just their imagination. And it almost comes like the temptations have more spirituality than most Christians. Because at least he's fighting for his sanity. Where many people have just accepted this muthos and they're living in what I call in my message tonight, fantasy land. God's going to help me tonight, y'all. Now get the feeling of what he's talking about. A time coming on the earth. And what he's saying is this is going to be a very identifiable time. It's not going to be something hidden in the secret. It's going to be something that everybody can see. It's going to mark 
and identify a generation and it's going to start a certain time clock spiritually that everybody will realize it's time to get right with God because Jesus is soon to come. And when you see it, he said, you'll know that your redemption is drawing nigh. Now listen to the basis of what Paul is saying to all of us here tonight. He said, people are going to sell out truth and reality for fantasy and make-believe. And you're going to see it. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm already seeing it. <laughs> now the consequences, as described by Paul in this text, are so serious to your salvation to your eternal destiny, the consequences are so grave that he literally grabs young Timothy and if you look with the eyes of the Spirit, you can see this elderly, the Apostle Paul, holding on to Timothy's two shoulders and shaking him and telling him, listen boy, rebuke, convince, exhort with all long suffering tell the truth and you can almost hear him saying get out there and preach and rebuke and exhort and do whatever you have to do because you've got to get the people out of fantasy land and you can almost feel him pressing this young Timothy to pull all the stops out because this is so captivating that even those who love God are getting caught up in it. Do you feel what's happening in the scripture? And I can tell you how the apostle Paul is sussing this out. Is that if we don't get a raw, powerful, anointed injection of truth everybody going to be lost because he describes this as a wave not just little pockets here and there but like a wave sweeping across the earth and I'm telling you folks as I stand here in front of you we're there now my mama was a good woman and I was your typical young little crazy kid, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And when I was a young teenager, my favorite group in all the world was Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, I couldn't resist them. The horns and the bass player and the keyboards and Philip Bailey with that nice little voice. The reasons that we're here. And I was so just you know, enraptured in this band. And I would put their music on and I would go around the house pretending I'm playing a guitar. In the world of fantasy. Da, 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 da. And my mama would walk up behind me and slap me. Boy, stop being so stupid. <laughs> now, I was dreaming that one day I'm going to meet that group and they're going to tell me to be their bass player. And so I was practicing. Mm -hmm, mm. It was Saturday night. The moon was bright, shining down an awesome light. And, I, mm, mm, mm. and my mama, boy, stop it! Because I was so caught up in this fantasy, 
But a good mama wouldn't let her child make a fool of himself. See, and a good preacher won't let church folk make fools of themselves. And so what she was do is she would smack me. You will never be a part. <laughs> now that was hard for me, but it was the truth. And though it seemed painful, my mama loved me. And she wouldn't let me live in a dream. Because you know what? Dreams collapse, don't they? And it's better to get shaken out of fantasy now than for it to collapse around your heels and your soul be lost. You know, very sweet girl in our church in Jamaica. Her name was Karen. You know, she was saved in our church and wonderful, sang on our choir. She was a soloist and would often do special music. But she had this boy that she loved. Teddy, we call him Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear because the boy, his words were so smooth. And I said, you know what? Big Teddy Bear called me. Tell him you have a father. His name is Pastor Carnegie. I should say, you know, Teddy Bear, if you really want me, you have to call my pastor. Go your pastor, call your pastor. She said, well, and so all of a sudden, Teddy Bear on the phone. This is Pastor Carnegie, yeah. This Teddy Bear. So I told Teddy Bear, I say, hey, nothing is going to run with this young girl from our church unless you are born again, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, water baptized, and faithful in Jesus. Oh, Pastor. <laughs> Teddy Bear, smooth boy. So Teddy Bear came to church and got saved. But it was Teddy Bear salvation. See, it, it wasn't Holy Ghost salvation, it was Teddy Bear salvation. You know, Teddy Bear was so smooth that the day he got saved, you know, he didn't get down on the altar like everybody else. Ah! Teddy Bear kind of did like this. Hey! Hey, you ever see people answer the altar call like that? They, 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 they're so proud that they can't even fall before Jesus. Just kind of, I said, you know what? Get on the altar, boy. Hey, the next time you come to pray with somebody like that, just put your hand on the head top and just pull it, get down on there. Boy. You know, so Teddy Bear, he played the game so smooth. He said, listen, Teddy Bear, you're going to be in the church about six months or so. And so that's when I started questioning the whole six-month rule. Because there's some people ready in six months, and some people, they ain't even started in six months. But you got to try to set a little something, you know, to try to determine. So he's there six months. And boy, you know, she just ran off and married a boy. So we, we, we worked it out. And there she is in church with Teddy Bear. Until Teddy Bear started beating that girl. They say he beat the girl one night until they called the police. And she ran calling everybody in the church. I mean, Teddy Bear beating her, screaming down the phone. And I just realized, like, you know what? She was caught up in a fantasy. The fantasy of the white dress. 
the fantasy of the bridesmaids, all the flowers. I'm going to tell you, folks, that's why my wife can tell you I don't like none of it. And I know it's the culture and it's the tradition of the Western world. And, and you know, I'm not going to fight against it. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't like none of it. Because I'm going to tell you, marriage is not a game. It's not a fantasy. And soon as people start talking about marriage, they turn fool. That's why you listen. Now listen to me. That's why you need to listen. That's why you need to listen when Pastor John will tell you to put off and wait and put off. The man is not a madman. I'm telling you, he understands. See, people get caught up in flowers and colors and dress and tuxedo and this and cake and so and so. And they turn so fool that they don't realize that you're going to be married to teddy bear for the rest of your life. And I'm telling you, most of the young girls, they can't even cook bread. Listen, but they're caught up in a fantasy. No, just listen to me. I'll deal with this tonight. Come on. Look, if we're going to have revival, we have to deal with naked truth. We don't want no truth that have on designer fashion. Strip the truth, make it naked, and just bring it straight down the line. I even marry somebody. A boy don't even have a job. Man been on the dole since he's 16 years old. Talk about Pastor, I love him. Love what? Listen to me. You're caught in a fantasy. And you got these illusions. And I'm here to tell you, fantasy always comes crashing down to reality. And so this is why Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, he said, you better preach in season, out of season. You better convince, you better rebuke, you better exhort. You read what the text said. And what he's saying is you got to literally force truth down people's face. Why? Because we're a culture that is enraptured in make-believe. Well, this precious sister of Karen is divorced now with two children. I didn't see her this last time I was in Jamaica, but I saw her the year before last year. And she's still weeping over Teddy Bear. You know what she said to me the last time I saw her? Two years ago, a year and a half. Not this year, last year. Pastor Karen, you know, I should have listened to you. You know, I don't even want to hear that now. You know, the kids have that thing say, speak to the hand. Now, in your spirit, you want to do it, but I didn't do it to her. But I sit there and I beg the girl. And I preach, everything. But Pastor Carnegie, he don't love us. And Pastor Carnegie, he preaching man's doctrine. And Pastor Carnegie, I say, all right, you say what you want to say. But you watch Teddy Bear. He's going to turn into a beast and growl. Now, let me move on in my message. But God just threw that in. That wasn't even in my sermon. Somebody here needed to hear that. See, that's what I like about Holy Ghost preaching because God can take over and inject anytime he wants to. That's how we like it, don't? Come on, say amen. 
You see, but what's happening now, folks, is people are so enraptured in this fantasy, and it's this big illusion, and when it comes crashing down, it is so desperate. Now listen, I have an article here that came out of the Fox News service in America, and it says that a man in southern China has died of exhaustion after three days continuously on an internet binge of gaming. Now listen, it says a 30-year-old man fainted in the internet cafe in Guzan, China after he had been playing games online for three straight days with no food or no rest. Three straight days. They have this game called Second Life. Where you go inside and you create yourself all over again. If you're Chinese and you want to be black, you can make yourself black. If you're black and want to be white, make yourself white. Change your name, put your hair blonde. If your head curly, you can make it straight. If it's straight, you can make it curly. And you create yourself and you start living in this cyber world. You meet people, buy a house, get a job, and you make this perfect life because people are not satisfied with this life. You know why? Because they sin so much and disobey God till this life mash up and then they get in this computer life and create this perfect life. And so they're in there living and it's so nice that the man stayed in there for three days enjoying his new life until he dropped dead right in an internet cafe. Do you understand what the apostle is saying? You're talking about people who are caught up in fantasy land. And that might be an extreme, but the reality is the man lost his life in a world of make-believe. And if he's not saved, he's going to wake up in another real world called hell. Do you see how the devil is mocking people so that he can destroy their soul? Now, saints, this is real today. And I'm not preaching it because I just got ideas tonight. This is a prophetic message to every single one of us that you watch the generation that begins to abandon truth in love of fantasy. He said, you watch it. Because it will be so serious and people will be so caught up that preachers have to turn up the heat a thousand times to inject truth in people to pull them out of this land of fantasy. This is scary stuff, folks. See, I read an article the other day when I was back in Tucson how that young British girls, this article actually came from BBC. It was such a serious article that it made international news in America from the BBC here in Britain about how young girls in Britain consider it fashionable to be pregnant and it's telling story after story in this article of 13 14 year old girls walking around with belly as if this is like a new fashion statement like a pair of jeans or a new little shirt from next and so they got this belly going on and it's like the new fashion statement 14 year old girls walking around with big belly and then proud of it. you ought to be ashamed Y'all be trying to hide your face and run somewhere. I walk around sticking out. Hey, how you doing? Morning. No, no, listen, listen. I'm telling you, listen. 
You know why they're doing it? Because they're in fantasy land. They got these visions of grandeur of being a cute little mother and walking a little baby in a present. <laughs> and they have no idea how what they've just done to their little 14-year-old life. And by the time they reach 20 and everything is spinning out of control, they can't sit down in a church and let somebody give them some raw truth about what they need to recover themselves. And you get on this spiral of destruction and some people will never get out of it until they come to a potter's house revival and get some hard injection of truth where God begged them to repent so you can get your life together. Because I'm going to tell you, fantasy land is going to crash on you one day. Can anybody say hallelujah? He's describing a generation said their ears are itching anybody talk to me to tell me what I want to hear hmm. I was sitting on an airline the other day coming from Las Vegas I was flying home to Arizona Las Vegas you know they call Las Vegas sin city in America you know all kind of things going on in Las Vegas it's like they got rules you can be a prostitute there. You can have brothels, you know, gambling and mafia and all kind of things. Everything go on there in Las Vegas. Like everybody just turn their eyes because it's Las Vegas. And they have a slogan in America when they advertise for people to go to Las Vegas. They have a slogan in all the papers on the TV, radio. It said, whatever happened in Vegas, stay in Vegas. The problem is when you get HIV, it don't stay there. It come home with you. <laughs> See, it's a fantasy. Whatever happened in Vegas, stay in Vegas. So you go there, do whatever you want to do, and people just go there in this fantasy. They're going to go and just let their hair down and act like a complete fool, and they go there until you realize. I'm telling you, fantasy comes down. I was on this flight coming from Las Vegas, and a girl got on the flight. And I was sitting right in the first seat of the plane. And as she was coming down the jetway, she was behind me, so I couldn't really see her too good. And so when I took my seat, there was a line of people coming, and then here she come. And as she broke the corner to come on the plane, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I said, what in the world is that? I mean, she had these long hair extensions. You know, a little moderation is all right. But when your hair is this long, and you have some extensions this long, you in a fantasy land. Ooh, go on, go on. I preach, I preach. Listen, listen. You've come out of fantasy. And so, but that's not the end of it. She had long, big, long extensions way down here like this. And then she had them big things on her eyes that go way up there like that. You know how people that get those contacts with different colors, put them in the eyes. So she has some big bright eyes with those contacts. And you know, you can tell that she did something to her chest because it was way out here so like this. You know, and then she had them long fingernails way out here. And she had one of those tans where you, you can spray the tan. You know, I don't know that black people don't do this too much because some we're black enough already. But you say white folks do this kind of stuff and they spray themselves because they want to be brown. And so she got the spray on, the eyes, the fingernails, so this and the that. And she come walking on the plane and I said, you know what? Ain't none of you real. None of you. 
from head to foot you're in a fantasy but you know what she caught up she thinks she's a princess walking down the and I said God make every bit of it drop off right now just make it drop off and see how she ugly Listen, caught in a fantasy. You tell me people are so messed up in life and hurt and violated that you have to go on into some fantasy world just to get on an airplane and travel from town to town? You know, some people can't even leave the house without going to work like that. Fantasy. It's not you. It's not real. And he said, the day is coming. When people are going to be so caught up in this muthos, this dumb, illegitimate fiction, this game of make-believe, that people will start believing what's not true. I'm beautiful. I said they will start believing it. And you know what happened? Somebody gonna come along and tell you the truth And you're gonna hate them and turn your ears from them and you know I ain't going back to that church. Somebody say you know what you that's not you Well, let me leave that alone because I could tell some of y'all get a little nervous, but listen But if you watch people in our generation with all that piercing and tattooing Do you realize what's going on? People don't know themselves People have lost their identity. Our families are so broken. Fathers have abandoned sons. Mothers have abandoned daughters. Homes have broken up. The place where people get their identity. You know, this is my dad. My, his name is Jones. My name is Jones. This is my mother. Her name is Mary. She loved me. She took care of me. And you find identity. And you don't have to come out of the house like that. But the generation is so broken down that people don't know who they are. Paint up to pierce up and they walk out in this fantasy as if they're gangsters you ain't no gangster just a poor boy from Deptford <laughs> and the reason God brought you here tonight is because Jesus loved you and he's trying to inject some truth into you because he wants your soul to be saved. Can somebody here say amen? All right, now quickly, let's move on. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 14, everybody. Find in your Bible quickly. Go to Isaiah 14, and I want you to read with me, starting in verse number 12. Come on, folks, let's keep moving now. And I want to draw a couple of more points before we have to draw our message to a close. Now, I want everybody to stay with me. Don't tune me out. Don't fall asleep. Come on, don't, 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 don't answer texts on your phone. You've come to hear from God. Let's hear from him. Isaiah 14 in the Old Testament. I'm going to start reading in verse 12. Now, we're talking in this text about when Lucifer became Satan. When Lucifer, the once anointed cherubim of heaven, became the devil, the enemy of men's souls. And I want you to listen to how the Bible describes Lucifer's fall from his heavenly place. We're in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Here's what it says. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. 
how you are cut down to the ground you who weakened the nations for you have said in your heart I will ascend into heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high yet you shall be brought down to hell Sheol the lowest depths of the pit now look up here at me everybody I've heard lots of good preaching over the years about how Lucifer became the devil he was an angel around the throne of God Ezekiel says the anointed cherub that covereth and you get the pictures of him worshiping the throne and covering heaven with the glory of God how does Lucifer become the devil our scripture says that he stood before the throne of God we've just read it here's what the Bible said he did he began to look at God on his throne and he began to say I will ascend to the throne of God I will be like the Most High I will sit in the congregation of the Saints I will be where God is do you understand what's happening he's fantasizing as he's sitting there in heaven he can't just do what God made him to do and that is to glorify God to worship the Lord and exalt his name throughout heaven like the rest of the angels who cry holy 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 is the Lord see Satan couldn't do that no no he stood there and instead of being satisfied with truth and that is you are a created angel by God to worship God that's all you are and instead of dealing with that truth he starts fantasizing I want to sit where God's at I want to be like God I want to be exalted I want to get praised like God and he sat there in this fantasy land dreaming like the temptations looking out the window oh and he's got this whole fantasy working until one day he leads this whole band of angels to assault the throne of God and what happened reality smacked him right in the face and God said I saw Satan fall like lightning Bam! out of heaven in other words the minute he got in God's face talking about I want to be like God there wasn't any debate or any question Bam! he fell right out of heaven because nobody challenges the throne of God can you say amen I don't care who you are or what you say you believe or where you come from nobody challenges the throne of God because fantasy is just that it's a dream and you can't get caught up in fantasy I have here a story about Dave Cockrum Dave Cockrum is the guy who was one of the original illustrators of Marvel Comics Marvel Comics were the initial comic books of Batman Superman Spider-Man all of these fantastic four all of these comic heroes that they're making movies about today they that years ago they used to be comic books that's called make-believe can you say amen it's not real there ain't nobody named spider-man come on there ain't no superman there ain't no santa claus there's no easter bunny there ain't no tooth fairy so why are you telling your children them foolishness for it's not real 
What you ought to be doing is sitting down with your children telling them, you know what? It's because we pay tithes to God that we got enough grace to buy you one or two Christmas presents. And don't be talking about some big fat man from the North Pole did it, because I did it. And you better thank me, son, for I worked so hard to buy you that bicycle. Don't be talking about, thank you, Santa Claus, write letter to some make-believe man. You're, me did that, you've appraised me, give me thanks. Some been working all day long, two double shifts to try to buy you a bicycle. And you talk about, thank you, Santa. Santa, my feel go ahead. Say amen. amen. Now, let me tell you about Dave Cochran. You know, the, the reason I have this, because the, the cable news network, CNN, printed a story about his death because he died recently. And remember, he's one of the original people who, who drew pictures of the characters, what they were going to look like. He's an old elderly man. He passed away in South Carolina. And listen to what it says. Columbia, South Carolina. Dave Cochran died Sunday. Wearing Superman pajamas wrapped in a Batman blanket. Is a big man, 80 some years old. You see what I'm talking about? I say, caught up in a fantasy and can't get out. This man is 80 some odd years old, dying got on Superman pajamas wrapped up in a Batman blanket. Listen. Shoot. It said, when Dave saw the first movie of Spider-Man, he began to weep. And he said, my characters are alive. So you're laughing, but ain't nothing funny about your grandfather with, with, with Superman pajamas. I'm telling you folks, listen, in the name of Jesus, fantasy will trap you and will destroy your spirit. Now, fantasy makes people lose the seriousness of things. See, when you start getting caught up in fantasy, things that are real, they don't have their seriousness anymore. And when you get caught up in consequence, in, in, in fantasy, you don't understand things called finality and consequences. Fantasy makes people start despising reality. You know, when I go home to visit my family, my mom and, and my family, they live in the Washington, D.C. area of the United States, which is very far from Arizona. So whenever I'm back there preaching or to go and get a visit, my mom's been sick a lot. And so when I go back for a visit, you know, I sit around talking to my family and everybody's watching television. So my brothers, my sisters, the, the nieces, nephews, you know, my mom's grandkids, everybody, you know, so they, they, they come, oh, oh, Uncle Marty's in town and they all come and they hug me and my brothers and sisters. And so we're there, you know, and I want to talk to people about their soul and talk about mom and the family, you know, reminisce about the old days because, you know, I don't get to see my family much. And so I'm there and everybody's around the TV. And I'm like, so bro, how's things been going on? Oh, everything's fine. They can't even talk to me. They're so caught up in television. I mean, me, I'm a real person. Flesh and blood, their own brother. But they can't even look at me. They haven't seen me for two years, three years. But here's, 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 here's the Simpsons. 
some look of make-believe people look like little yellow pieces of cheese and and then and, and hear me in the flesh I'm trying to talk to them and they said watching TV mm. and I said look at niece and nephew how y'all doing uncle Marty how you doing you watch TV and so we, we, every time the commercials or something come on and, and, and I'm saying you know what that ain't real and they kind of look at me and I roll their eyes I said, that ain't real cars can't fly that ain't real you know advertisements on television you know things I said, that ain't real that ain't real and so they finally get mad at it will you be quiet they're so caught up what I'm doing is I'm injecting truth in their fantasy horses flying on television cars spinning around jumping over mountains that ain't real that ain't real that ain't real will you be quiet no you idiot that ain't real your own family come from so far to talk to you. And all you do is watching TV. You know why? Because people are engulfed in fantasy. Come on, I need some good amens right here. Y'all help me get through this now. Because I'm talking, fantasy will erode your discernment. And, 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 and the raw truth way of saying erode discernment is fantasy will make you a fool. Now I'll tell you how I'm going to finish my message. I believe that when Paul the Apostle spoke this prophecy, he saw something. Now we've got to go back 2,000 years to this Apostle saying the day is coming when people will turn from truth and enjoy fantasy. So he's seeing this 2,000 years ago. And it shocks him and it scares him as the Holy Spirit reveals to him the way the generation is at the coming of Christ. And all Paul is concerned about that these are people who are going to be so caught up, they're going to miss the rapture. They're going to miss the redemption of their very soul because fantasy has a way of drawing you out and then drawing you down. And I'm going to tell you what I believe that Paul the Apostle saw when he said men turn from truth and they turn to fantasy. Number one. He saw people who would stay home from church to watch TV. See, I know y'all don't want to say nothing. That's why I talk to the curtain. T curtain can say amen. I said he saw people who will stay home from church to watch TV. You got to remember something. Church is real. TV isn't. But you know why people do it? They're caught up in the fantasy. I want to see what Jean is going to do on days of our life. And I want to see what she's going to do on this soap opera or the East Ender. And I want to see what James Bond is going to do. And I can't miss because my show is And I'm just craziness, craziness. When the preacher is trying to give the word to save your soul, to save your marriage and your family. And all you talk about is 007 James Bond. And a stay home from the preached truth to worship the real God. To enjoy fantasy. He said, Timothy, preach to them. Rebuke them, exhort them. Bring them out of this fantasy land. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Tell you what else he saw. He saw a generation consumed with virtual reality. Playstations, video games, Xboxes. Ain't nobody say amen. See that? Yeah, Pastor Jolly, you see them? And nobody wants to say nothing. I said, Playstations, video games, and Xboxes. 
not even real. I'm a police. I'm a football player. I'm a basketball star. I'm a race car driver. You're a sinner. We said to get caught up. And when you try to talk about going to serve God and going to a prayer meeting or an outreach, boy, we can't go because I'm sick. And as soon as the, the bus pull out, <laughs> you think I don't know? And God is talking to you tonight and he's telling you, come out of fantasy land. Do you hear me say, God is real? I'll tell you what else he saw. He saw this consumer debt crisis that we're dealing with here in Britain and in America. Where people just 20 years old and 20,000 pounds in debt already. Four or five credit card maxed out. You know why? But you know people max out credit and they ain't got no money to pay it? Because they're in a fantasy land. Because they have to have Gucci and Louis Vuitton. And they have to have this and that and everything that's so wonderful. And they're walking around and they can't afford They're in a fantasy land. Until the debt choking them and killing them. Do you understand? This is what Paul the Apostle saw. I'll tell you what else he saw. He saw the pornographic industry. See, because pornography is fantasy. People don't go on like that. That's make-believe. People don't look like that. People don't perform illicit stunts like that. It's all a fantasy to make you think it's real. Boy, if me had a woman like that and a man like this, you're crazy. It's fantasy. You're so caught up that you're going to try to make your wife into a whoremonger and your husband into some stud. It's fantasy land and you're bringing it out of make-believe into your house. I rebuke you and what God's telling you, you better come out of fantasy land. I'll tell you what else he saw. The drug culture. You see, because when people bound by drugs like crack and crystal meth and all them things, you know what it does? It's euphoria. You take a hit and you can fly and be something that you're really not. Confidence that you don't really have. Feelings that aren't really there. It's a fantasy. And instead of facing the real world, gone again into fantasy. Is everybody understanding my message tonight? I'll tell you what else he saw. He saw the madness of the Christian prosperity movement. Where preachers get up and start telling people about money, money, money. And how God's will is for you to be rich. What about the soul's loss going to hell? That's what God's concerned about. Got a business whether you drive Benz or Mercedes. You think that's what God is concerned about? Tell you what God is concerned about. Them people lost going to hell. But this whole thing is a fantasy. Christians now caught up in it. Because they want to have this illusion of fantasy. Listen, come out of fantasy land. Now let me finish my message because God knows I have to done with it. But what we're beginning to see, we're beginning to see slightly the manifestations of this. That boy the other day, some of you heard about it, he went on to the campus of the Virginia Tech University and killed those 30-some people. It made the news all around the world. And as they begin to investigate, talk to his teachers, and they begin to realize he was caught up in fantasy. All the horror fantasies and these things that he used to draw and dreams of strangling people and horror, horror movies. And he was all caught up into it. And, you know, and one day, it wasn't just a fantasy anymore. One day he got a gun 
put a bandana around his head, walked into the dormitory of a university and started slaughtering people just like in his fantasy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the only one rejoicing is Satan. And we're beginning to see it. So the word of God to us today is to cast down imaginations. And every thought that exalts itself above God. In other words, we should bring it to God tonight and cast it down. Now I'm done, but I say this. I've gone through a lot of changes in my years of, as a Christian. From the time I got saved. And you know, every year I grow at preaching and conferences and revivals and altar calls. And I'm still a growing man, praise God. And you ought to still be a growing Christian. Which means God can still speak to me. He can still get a hold of me. You know, and I've been going through a lot of changes in my life. And I'm going to tell you, over the last five years, I made up a decision that, you know what, I'm not reading fiction anymore. Now, that might stir you the wrong way, but if you hear what I'm saying, God will bless you. I don't read fiction anymore. Make-believe stories. I'm going to tell you why. Because there's too many real things to read. I can read about real people. I can read about history. I can read about the government. I can read about money. I can read about marriage. I got a wife. I can read about raising kids. I can read about all kinds of things that will help my life. I don't have to sit there and read some make-believe story. And some people have them stacked up this high of their house. Fantasy and fiction. And then you got the romantic fiction. And he wrapped his lips around her. I mean, Christian girls. Mm. You know what? It ain't, no, ain't nothing but pornography of the mind. That's all it is. It's fantasy and it's fiction and God dealing with you tonight is why your spiritual life can't grow and why the spirit of lust won't come out of you. And what you need to do is you need to say, you know what? Pastor Carnegie made a decision five years ago. He ain't reading no more fiction. I ain't reading none either. I don't do it no more. Because the Bible is there. Some people ain't even read the Bible yet. You hear what I'm telling you? Folks, we need to come out of fantasy land. Now let's finish our sermon the way it started. It was just my imagination. <laughs> He's not even a Christian. But he realizes I can't stay in this dream. And the song is a hit because it describes a man's battle to save his mind. Is this good to look at? It's good to make believe, but it was just my imagination. And God's talking to you right now. And he's saying, if the temptations can do it, who don't know the Holy Ghost, you can do it. Who know God? So Pastor Carnegie, I'm coming out. This fantasy. I'm not living this way. I want reality. Because I want heaven. Can you say amen? amen. Now we're going to pray tonight. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me.